Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. This is Modestly Metaphysical, a podcast where I talk about trending topics in the spiritual community and give tips on where to get started in your journey. I am Kara, and I will be your host. This episode is going to be very informational, not only scientifically, but also spiritually, with how you can apply crystals into your practice. And by the way, this episode is Crystals 101. Um, I had a lot of fun making this, and I think it'll be very informative for a lot of you. It helped me being a skeptic like a few years ago to really understand how crystals actually do work and how you can identify them, how you can cleanse them, all that good stuff I'm going to be talking about. And um, again, I wanted to say thank you for tuning in. And I'm going to do episodes every other week just so I don't run out of stuff here before I really get a larger audience. So I just want to make sure that you guys know that I'm going to be releasing twice a month instead of four times a month. I just want to save some content, you know, for down the road. And um, also just so people have the ability to apply the last episodes before I move on to like a completely different topic. I think it gives you some time to have like a little bit of something to work on between episodes. So crystals, there is a lot of hype around crystals and some of you I'm sure are unsure about why I use Um, a lot of the information that I'm going to share today to help me appreciate and apply these tools even better. And it was a lot easier to see and feel the difference in using them when I knew, understood, and actually believed in the uses and properties that they had. So um, I will begin with explaining kind of the science behind crystals and then move into the application and care and the questions that were asked on Instagram. With the understanding that everything is vibration in our universe, crystals can be observed as emitters of subtle energy. And um, I believe that crystals are alive in some sense because they grow. And I think also just like the energy they carry, they almost have like their own spirit to them. And so... Some of this is going to be metaphysical. Some of it's going to be scientific. So just, you know, take take it as you must. But when you hold a crystal, for example, a lot more is happening than what you can observe with your physical eye. So you're interacting. The reason why I think it has its own just like spirit almost is because you're interacting with its energy and its energy interacts with you. And to me, that's something that's living, you know, just like a plant almost. And so the key to truly feeling and tapping into the potential of crystals is being open to it and just setting the intention with whatever that crystal may be. So how do crystals work? What is the science behind them? And also a little bit of a history lesson. So the scientific study of crystals and crystal formation is known as crystallography, I believe. And the process of crystal formation via mechanisms of crystal growth is called crystallization or solidification. 
The word crystal is derived from the ancient Greek word crystallos, meaning both ice and rock crystal. They have crystals have been used since the dawn of time as we know it. The Bible, for example, references crystals over 200 times. Precious stones used um, were used in the foundation of New Jerusalem, in the breastplate of Aaron, the Hebrew priest, and also have been found by archaeologists in what is believed to be ancient Babylonia and inside ancient tombs in Egypt and China. So that is very interesting. And when I found that out, it kind of like, so I, I believe that the ancient civilizations are a lot wiser than some people believe. I know a lot of people do know how wise they were and how much they had for how, quote, little they had. Um, just because a lot of people believe that they were ignorant. And I think they were ignorant in the fact and when I say ignorant, I don't mean stupid. I mean, um, lacking the knowledge of. They lacked the knowledge of modern medicine. But this is a whole nother tangent that I could go off on. I believe that modern medicine just treats the symptoms, not the uh, problem. So in reality, I see them as being a lot more put together and I do believe in natural selection and I think that people die for a reason meaning if they carry a certain gene to be sick and to not continue on then it is this sound take this lightly because I don't believe now that if someone gets cancer we should just let them die I do believe using what we have available to us but I also know the purpose of why people get sick and to me that is because it is not meant to be carried on in the gene gene pool of humankind. And luckily for, um, for us being in the modern age, we can continue someone's life further because of the technology we have. But I also think that in the end, the purpose of that disease being caught in itself was for um, natural selection if we still lived primitively. And so back then, I feel like that's why they knew just as much as us because they used natural medicine and they actually had surgeries and they did stuff like that. Um, so take that lightly. I, I'm not saying anyone deserves to die and that natural selection takes care of us all because we have the technology to take care of people and to extend their life. And I think that's beautiful, but I do know why that kind of stuff happens in terms of like science and nature. So all of that's really interesting to me. And that's another tangent. I could talk about ancient civilizations all the time. But um, some other examples are uh, here the, um, let me see. Sorry, I have my notes. So back to that idea of the Greeks kind of believing that, um, or kind of coining that term of crystal, they believed that clear quartz was ice that was frozen so hard that it couldn't melt. And so um, the fact that the root word comes from the Greek word crystallis, ice, is for that reason. And I think that's also very interesting of um, and indicative of how long this stuff has been around and been kind of like revered and like awe-striking awe almost. And that's kind of covering the history of everything, but with the actual science behind how they form, 
not just kind of like the history of them, the internal arrangement of atoms is going to be what determines the chemical and physical properties of the crystal, including color. So obviously light interacts with different atoms to create different colors and minerals are kind of like the foundation of what crystals are and many minerals are colorless in their pure state. However, impurities of the atomic structure cause color. So quartz, that's why it's colorless and looked like ice, but it can also occur in a range of colors from pink to brown to a like a deep purple like amethyst. And so de- depending on the number and type of impurities in the structure of the crystal um, is going to determine the color and form of it. So I know that a lot of crystals are formed by like vapor or water pressure and then eventually cooling down, but not all crystals form in water. Some crystals can be formed in carbon and nevertheless, all crystals form the same way. The atoms come together and become a uniform cluster, uniform meaning like they fit perfectly into each other. That's why some are naturally occurring as like perfect cubes. It's always uniform, always symmetrical. And the process can take as little as a few days to maybe a thousand years. So natural crystals that come from the earth form the same way. Um, A lot of the crystals were formed over a million years ago inside the earth's crust. And they occur when the liquid in the earth consolidates and the temperature chills. So like the vapor chills and becomes, um, we both are, we should all know that ice has crystal, like a crystal formation and um, other crystals can form when the liquid makes its way through clefts and dispense minerals into them. And um, there's, like I said, there's always symmetry in the structure because it is a highly organized repeating pattern. And this pattern is going to be the defining feature of the crystal. And it also isn't just restricted to minerals. It's found in things like salt ice, like I mentioned, sugar, chocolate, ceramics, metal, and even DNA. And each structure falls into one of six categories, triclinic, monoclinic, orthoombric, I believe, ombic, tetragonal, hexagonal, and cubic. And the shape and growth is 100% impacted by environment and time. Example being that diamonds usually come in two shapes, one of which I know is a cube and the other is, I want to say like triclinic or something. I don't remember for sure. It's just another one. And um, which one it ends up being, I'm pretty sure that the cube is usually formed when the temperatures of formation are, are significantly lower than the other shape. So that's just an example of how the temperature and outside uh, factors can influence the shape of some a crystal. And for the most part, all of these shapes are derived from the hexahedron or um, the cube, which is one of the five platonic solids. That's another topic in itself, but I think that's also very interesting. So moving into kind of the metaphysical aspect of a crystal And also, this still relates back to science. It's just a little more um, quantum, I suppose. So, crystals and gemstones have a vibration, because everything has a vibration, that is free of resistant patterns, meaning that it flows 
and it can help other energies flow as well. This is important when we think in terms of health and disease because dis-ease is literally the lack of flow. It's the lack of ease in any state. Um, And health and harmony and flow is the natural state of being and disease is how we detect that there is a blockage or a lack of flow somewhere, whether it be in our physical body or our spiritual body. So the innate strong and balanced physical structure of the crystal directly relates to the energetic output of the crystals being the same, which is why they're incorruptible and balanced in energetic terms. Anything that emits an energy is impacting us on the non-physical plane, whether we can see it or not, which is the law of vibration or the law of frequency. And this is scientific. So everything emits a frequency or a vibration that impacts the frequencies around it. And think of this as like the ripple effect. That's why I also think it's so important to have a positive energy about you because even if you only impact two people, those two people will impact two people and it just grows on itself. So it's the same idea. When we physically interact with this non-corruptible, stable crystal energy, it impacts us on an energetic level that we can't see. So these crystals can start to energetically align and impact us because of that law. But consciousness is the determining factor of whether or not you're going to accept these new higher vibrations into your being or not. You can or you have to be intentional with your use and 100% believe and accept the healing that they can facilitate for you. Think of it like a good friend trying to support you through a tough time. You can only benefit from their love and advice if you accept it. We've all had those friends where we can tell them exactly what they need to do. We've been through the situation before. We can see it without the rose-colored lenses that they may be wearing. And we tell them, this is what you need to do. And they will still ignore you and do it how they want to do it and then come back to you and tell you that you were right. It's the same kind of concept of they don't, want to accept what's going to help them right now so they're not not going to and this is also why shadow work is important because if you get a rose quartz for example with the intention of helping your self-confidence if you deeply believe that you'll never be confident or that you don't deserve to feel good about yourself that crystal is not going to give you the energy that you want from it you have to truly believe that it's going to help you and help age you in the right direction I would almost said fix you but I know that they cannot you have to also do a little bit of work on your end for these energies to help you so it's the same concept um if you relate this in a non-physical non or excuse me non-metaphysical manner pretty much all of modern computing technology relies on the living component of crystals So, for example, the first radio set was a crystal set. They attached wire to the end of a quartz crystal and the frequency transmitted through the crystal. So, the frequency of quartz is very stable and constant, which makes it really predictable, which is why a scientist discovered that it can be used in computers. So, think of a microchip or the silicone chip as... Well, it literally is crystal technology, and they use it for memory storage. And this scientist, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he believed that 
thought is a form of energy and all you do with typing into a computer is you're transferring that thought through the electric mechanisms of the computer and through the keyboard and transmitting it via the electricity and that is the same intent or the same concept as using intention to program a crystal for what you need it for it's the same type of energy you just have to direct it where it needs to be because the technology isn't going to do it for you so that a a scientist literally said that so I don't remember his name but I know that he said that thought is an energy and you're just transferring that thought into the microchip to be stored and crystals can actually store millions of years of data which is really really interesting to me and just very um awe striking i think that's an amazing amazing thing to discover about crystals so how do you use them so first let's start with how to charge your crystals and just like us crystals need fuel they aren't gonna stop working or die if you don't charge them but it makes their energy a lot stronger and easy to um, impact yours, easier to impact yours if they have more energy behind them. So one way is to use a bigger crystal to charge smaller crystals. I personally use crystal grids or selenite to charge my other crystals. Crystal grids are just a way you can organize your crystals to uh kind of direct energy towards whatever one's in the center. Um, You can look up, there's tons of ways to do crystal grids, but you can also use sunlight, which is the easiest and most abundant, um, water and moonlight. But of course, please do your research and make sure that it's not susceptible to toxicity in water because some of them are. Avoid putting in the ites, so like selenite, apatite, any of the ites avoid putting those in water. I know that a lot of them um, turn the water toxic. So definitely don't use any of those to uh, make crystal water. And also make sure that they aren't susceptible to being bleached by the sun. Some of them might serve better being in the moonlight or doing um, the other crystal charge. So just make sure you do your research on each individual crystal and um, make sure that it's not gonna fall victim to any of those circumstances. So moving out of charging into cleansing, and both of these things are something that you should do as soon as you get a new crystal. So to cleanse, you can do so just like you would anything else spiritually cleansing. So you could use a salt bath, putting them on salt. Um, Also selenite can be a cleanser. And incense or sage, if that is within your practice, and intention. And I saw someone um, say while I was doing research for this podcast that you can use brown rice to like um, balance the ions within the crystals. So I think that's more of like an energetic cleanse rather than like a spiritual cleanse. But um, nonetheless, I thought I would mention it because some people have that more readily available than other things, I'm sure. So those are the things that I have learned. I always use incense or intention to cleanse my crystals, um, depending on what I have available to me, but I usually always have incense, and it's the easiest for me, counterclockwise to banish, clockwise to attract, and I always use that when cleansing my crystals. And 
like I said, the first thing you should do when you get a new crystal is to charge it, cleanse it, and then the most important thing before you try to use it is to set your intention with it. So I usually do that by meditation with the crystal in my hand and I state either verbally or inside my head what I want to use it for and what energy I accept from it. And then after that, you can use it in so many different ways. You can pocket them, meditate with them, make charged water, use it in your workspace, etc. There are endless ways you can use and apply crystals, so that I will leave up to your own research. Um, But there's literally no limits to what you can do with them and how you use them. The only important thing that I will mention is that there is a huge difference between need and want. So if you are asking them to do something for you that is not of the highest good involved, likely it will either not be fulfilled or not be fulfilled in the way that you expect it to be. So always make sure that your intentions are clearly stated and positive for yourself and others involved. I, um, I always take heed, not everyone believes in this, but within witchcraft, there is the threefold law, I believe is what it's called, where anything that you do comes back to you three times over. So if I were to try to use a crystal for a negative intention, it would come back to me just as negative three times over. And that's just kind of the law of karmic attraction as well. Um, so making sure that you have positive intentions with what you're using those crystals for. And again, making sure that you're clear on why you're using it. And that has to do with a little bit of shadow work as well. Like, are you using it to attract love because you're lonely? Or are you using it to attract love because you're in a place to be ready to attract love? that kind of thing. So with the individual crystals, each crystal has its own properties and strengths. I always try to keep in mind color correspondences and that can give you a pretty good guidance on what that crystal can be used for in um, relation to like thinking of chakra zones, chakras. I'm very um, colonized in my pronunciation, so I apologize, but I know where it's where this idea comes from and I respect it. So I just want to mention that um, because everyone should do their own research on chakras and they definitely come from the um, Indian practice, Hinduism and um, yoga. yoga. Um, So please do extensive research if you're interested on chakras and energy points. There's not just the traditional seven there are much more and they are much more than the mainstream media makes you believe. So I can do another uh, podcast on that. I would have to do a little more research myself, but no one respect where that comes from, I think is important. But like I said, each crystal has its own property and strengths. Um, this can be impacted by the scientific type of crystal as well as the shape of it. Um, so, when I say, I didn't mean to say scientific type, I meant to say specific type. So the actual crystal itself and then the shape of whatever that crystal is can impact what it's used for. So for shape, clusters are great for large areas to emit the purpose of the crystal and also perfect for cleansing and recharging other healing crystals. Tumbled crystals, which I feel like are the most popular start off as various natural rough rocks or crystals and minerals that are polished in a rock rock tumbler ending up smoother than um the original so this is like that glossy kind of smooth 
crystal that you find in the stores usually. And these are perfect for carrying with you. So you can have that energy stabilizing with you for whatever the purpose of that particular crystal is. Another shape is cube, and that's perfect for grounding and stability. Spheres radiate energy in all directions, and um, it's symmetrical. So this represents oneness with the creator, making an excellent shape to meditate with. Similar to sphere is the crystal eggs, which emit their energy from all sides, but with a focal point on the top. And this shape particularly resembles fertility and life. And this can be also fertility in like not just uh, having a baby sense. It's excellent for personal transformation, starting fresh beginnings, new projects, or also brainstorming ideas. And eggs support beginnings and transformation. So that's something that they can be used for manifesting as well. Points. So when it has a point either at one end or both ends, they act as directors of energy while generators amplify and disperse energy, which is usually like the pyramid. So both can be used in the center of a crystal grid or for other intentions. I use points to direct energy out of my body or into my body or into a crystal grid, out of a crystal grid, that kind of thing. And I know that the biggest question is like, well, what what crystals do I get? Like, where do I start? What are their purposes? Where can I go with that information? Like, blah, blah, blah. So I am going to cover the best beginner crystals. And I see them as like the foundational ones and their uses and where you can kind of go with that information, what you can do with those specific crystals. So I will start one with clear quartz. I think it's the, um, you can use it for pretty much anything. It has, it's colorless technically. So you can program it to literally be for whatever you need. It's kind of like using a white candle when you don't have the correct color candle you need. You can kind of use it for whatever. And, um, a a clear quartz is an amplifier. So I tell people with anxiety to, um, maybe avoid this crystal because it could amplify, those things but it is good for amplifying like if you need it for amplifying emotions doing work amplifying a spell amplifying manifestations it's a really good crystal for healing power and it represents space purity and patience and quartz comes from the greek word ice as i mentioned earlier um And you can use it to reduce negativity, improve your mood and mental clarity, and unblock energy flows. Um, This is the most powerful master crystal healer or healer crystal. So again, it can be used for a slew of things. And it is very programmable. So you can use it for intention settings. Simply transfer your intentions to the crystal and then amplify them to help you manifest those intentions. So Clear quartz can also be used to cleanse and reprogram other crystals. That's the first one that I recommend. Second would be rose quartz. It is the best crystal for love and divine feminine energy. And um, it represents the stone of unconditional love and has been used as a love token since 600 BC. So very... um, It doesn't have to be like romantic love. It can also be self-love. So very powerful in that aspect. 
Um, use it to welcome new love into your life or refresh an old love, awaken your feminine goddess, and just like literally love. So like I said, self-love, romantic love, any of those things. And it emits a soft feminine energy, filling a space with tenderness, compassion, comfort, and peace. And you can use this by keeping a tumbled rose quartz pocket stone or mini mini heart also um, to allow new love into your life. Let yourself be loved and feel the confidence of the divine feminine inside of you. A larger piece of raw or polished rose quartz should sit in the heart of the home to affirm existing relationships as well as soothe and tighten family bonds. Then third is a black tourmaline. This is the best crystal for protection. It represents the ultimate talisman of powerful protection. So to use, you can, or you can use it to cleanse and purify. This um, rebounds negative energy and reduces anxiety as well. It has a strong and steady grounding vibration, which is good for just stabilizing energy. And you can use it by having a pocket stone, um, to protect or push away unwanted energy and people and um, for putting up wards around your home or absorbing electromagnetic radiation from electronics. Um, that would be better for like law, law, large raw pieces work the best for that um, electromagnetic property. And you can also place it strategically at entrances or next to a computer for maximum effect. And then next is amethyst, which is my personal favorite. I think it's because it's my birthstone, but it is the best crystal for aiding sleep and relaxation. I always kind of equate the amethyst energy similar to like lavender. And it represents royalty and spirituality as well. And you can use it to de-stress, purify your aura, and bring divine wisdom it, like I said, it generates a gentle vibration, giving a deeply calming sensation. And I use this to connect with like my spirit guides, connect with my psychic abilities, as well as to relax, to soothe anxiety. Um, other ways you can use it is to place a cluster beside your bed to help you sleep or give psychic protection if you are doing a lot of dream work. Alternatively, you can keep it in your pocket to help you stay calm throughout the day. Next is one that's absolutely foundational in my spiritual practice is selenite. It's the best crystal used for ease of use. So it's easy to use and connect with and doesn't need cleansing or recharging. It's a very um, low maintenance, low maintenance crystal. So it represents purity and the moon. So moon energy. So, um, intent, I think, um, intuition plays a large part in moon energy. So I use it to soothe, cleanse and purify and selenite clears out negative energy, helping you to feel instantly more positive. It has a white light energy with steady, gentle vibration, and you can use it, um, you can keep it near a window to invite pure energy into your space, cleanse with cleanse other crystals with it by placing them on top of it and leaving it overnight in the moonlight. Um, you can also use selenite to open and close energy circles or like practice spaces. Um, I use it during work. I have a sphere and if I feel 
a client has some negative energy, I will just place my hand on it to protect me from um, being drawn into their energy space and being able to kind of objectify my emotions and uh, feelings from theirs. So that's the way that I personally use selenite within like everyday use. And then I just use it also to cleanse my space and to keep it purified. The next crystal that I recommend is green aventurin. I've heard that said, I've heard that pronounced a few different ways, so forgive me. But it represents um, nature, spring, new life, regrowth, and also healing. It is thought to bring new opportunities and good luck. You can use it to boost your chances of winning in your enterprises, whether that be work, personal, whatever. It is a natural powerhouse of a healer, and so it's great for releasing energy blockages, especially in the heart chakra, and a it has a steady vibration with healing energies. You can use it by placing, a, using a palm stone and using it during meditations or just a regular, you know, it doesn't have to be a palm stone, but um, you can allow it to help your body dispel energy blockages and begin healing processes. So this is a good one for anyone who practices Reiki or just like chakra work, chakra work. And next is another protection stone, black obsidian. It is the best crystal for removing confusion and it represents fire energy. So this can be used to banish negative energy and burn through any clouds of confusion. And it's a natural volcanic glass, so it's full of fire power. And the vibration that it emits is hot, but controlled volcanic energy. So um, very fiery in a sense. So how to use it? You can keep it as a stone pocket to keep you in a positive vibe. And then you can also um, use it in the evening to help you recover from just the energy of the day. It is ideal meditation stone for those wishing to refresh their thoughts and move on from past experiences and worries. And um, the spheres would work particularly well for advanced meditations. Um, So clear thought is really the theme of this stone. And the last stone is pyrite. And this is the best crystal for um, money blessings. So it represents wealth, good fortune, and abundance. And you can use it to help see the path ahead. And pretty much it's like the ultimate good luck charm. Think of it as like a lucky rabbit's foot or something. Um, Just very lucky, fortunate stone. So you can use it to uh, radiate also healing solar energy. It is a like gold stone, so it can help you um, with anxiety and frustrations as well. It has a very strong protective energy and you can use it by placing a cluster or cube on your office desk to bring you success in your endeavors or in a window um, or near the front door to channel good fortune into your life. Those crystals are literally like the most foundational for me, ones that I always look for, for gifts and for um, recommendations for people starting just because they are very, um, well, they're very popular, yes, but they are very solidified in their energy. There's tons and tons and tons of crystals that you can get, but those are some of like the main ones that um, I focused on at the beginning of my journey. 
So now I am going to get into the questions that were on Instagram. One of them was the power of individual stones and how to use them and cleanse them. I kind of already um, mentioned that already, so I won't cover it again, but just again, um, kind of went over like those foundational stones. But if you have any specific questions on what the property of a stone is that you have, you can always message me on Instagram at modestly.metaphysical and I will um, answer those questions for you. So another person asked like how you cleanse them. I already kind of mentioned that. It can be literally anything. I always use incense. Um, Salt is a good one. And of course, like charging it in the sunlight, you can also use the sun to cleanse if that's something that you resonate with. Um, But literally, those are the easiest ways. Visualization is also very possible. You just have to have focus if you do it that way. And then um, I think I didn't have that many questions for this one. I always post them at like early in the morning and then I don't get that many (laughs) um, submissions. But someone had a specific question about um, Hansonites, I believe. So I personally have, I don't think I have any Tanzanite. But it is very good for transmuting energy. So you can turn negative energy into positive energy as well as um, it is commonly believed to facilitate a higher consciousness and help with intuition and perception. So I think also it being a blue stone can help with communication and the fact that it's a purple blue tells me that it's like maybe good at expressing your spiritual ideas or connecting with your spiritual um, communication. So I know that it can also help dissolve old patterns and like karmic healing. And um, it's associated with the throat chakra, third eye and the crown chakra. So again, teetering between physical and non-physical, it's in those higher um, chakras. So this that stone honestly does help with healing and also protecting the person doing the healing and it's very helpful in treating issues of the spine and reproductive system so i think that if you're struggling with any of those things tanzanite can be a very very powerful stone to be using in your practice but Like I said, I didn't have that many questions because I always post at weird times, but those are the questions that I did get. A lot of it was about cleansing and just how to work with new crystals. So I kind of covered that. But if you guys have any more specific questions about crystals themselves, message me or I can do another episode, whatever. I love using crystals as a tool. And I know a lot of people are like, you don't need a you don't need tools to like connect with your spirituality. And it was explained to me as well, you can go for a drive or you can visit somewhere without a GPS, but you'll get there a lot faster if you have tools. And it's the same. Um, like It's like digging a hole with your hands versus a shovel. Like, yes, I know I can get there without them, but they are very helpful, especially in um, just the life we live now. We don't have time to turn into Gautama Buddha and fucking figure that shit out and sit in silence under a fig tree for 
days and days. So we like to streamline. <laughs> That's just the the life we live. And I think it's a beautiful opportunity um, to connect with nature in different ways. And um, I love crystals. I have many of them. I give them away often. I feel like they they come to me for a reason. And I give them away when I feel the urge to because I feel like they like I said, I think they have a consciousness of their own and they know who they need to be going with. Um, you just have to be receptive to the healing energy that they're giving you and just, you know, believe it. You have to believe that that energy is true. And if you have any underlying thoughts about that not being true, then that just weakens um, the intention behind it. So I think just being really positive with what you're using it for and knowing that that energy will be carried to you if you really believe that you deserve it and believe that the reason you're using it is for the highest good of all involved. I think overall, there's a lot to unpack about crystals, but this is kind of touching the foundational ideas behind it and helping some people who may have been skeptics like me understand the science behind it, which can kind of help you get behind the spiritual side of it a little bit more. But that is all I have for you this episode. It's just kind of a quick informational one. And um, I feel like I'm going to do an episode about ancient civilizations and make it like a fucking hour and a half and just get high and talk about it. Let me know on my Instagram what you guys think of that. If you guys think that's something you'd be interested in. I have a lot of theories and I watch way too much ancient aliens. <laughs> so I have just lots of different ideas about the ancient civilizations and the things that they knew. It's very interesting to me. Um, I also kind of want to do an episode on the tombs in Egypt and like the energy and the curses and stuff surrounding those. So if any of those interest you guys, let me know. Um, I also have just a list of other things that were um suggested to me so i have tons of ideas and like i said i'll be doing episodes every other week and if you guys want me to pick back up again let me know other than that i'm sending all of you love and light thank you so much for listening thank you so much for tuning in thank you for supporting i'm so so appreciative of every single one of you and i'm sending love and healing and gratitude to every single one of you endlessly I love you and I love myself and this is a beautiful day and every day is today. So today is beautiful. Thank you and namaste.